of the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Matt Spectro through the multiverse! Thank you for joining us for another exciting episode of Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse, the very special, finally, two-year anniversary episode. We're going to get into all the exciting details before I do that. I'm going to tell you the rules. This is the podcast that talks comic books. We talk animation. We also, big fans here of all the team-up books, Brave and the Bold, DC Comics Presents, Marvel Team-Up, every episode. It's me and a special guest. Rule number three, most important, we got to have fun. Like I said, thank you for joining us for the two-year anniversary episode. I want to thank you. If Even if this is the only episode you've ever listened to, I want to thank you for tuning in and thank you for any episodes you might have listened to previously. We're celebrating two years of comic book animation here at the Multiverse. We've been counting down. I've been bringing back the guests from my most downloaded episodes in history. And here it is. Today we are bringing back, he is the guest from the number one most downloaded episode in the history of Matt Spectro through the multiverse, former guest host, former guest of the year. He's a co-host of Let the Chaos Begin podcast. Welcome back, the king, the number one guest in the history of my show, Jamie Janikowski. It's one to have proper entrance music today, Matt. The number nice. one most downloaded guest, download episode of all time. Your 2021 and 2022 guest of the year. Really, if there were guest rankings, I, I would almost be the, the, the Tom Brady of guests. There's me, then a big gap, then everybody else. Now, you are, uh, you were in the top five last year, but you weren't number one. So over the course of the last year, you have gained the number one spot. You dropped by for Christmas, and we talked Batman Christmas with the Joker, and that is the most popular episode in the history of my show. As you know, um, due to the agreement signed between our respective legal teams, I'm not allowed to bring up why I was not number one last year, uh, why I was only in the top five. I'm still disputing those results, um, although the settlement offer you made me was very generous, but I think we, we both know um, that, that there, was, there was something there that was just wasn't right. But we'll move on. We're here together again now. What do you attest your immense uh, popularity to? Well, I, I think you said it in your intro. It's me. I mean, really, if if you're going to tune into a, a comics animation based podcast, you know, you let me put it this way. Why is it uh, on Raw the ratings jump when certain superstars are on? It's just, it's just the way we are. We just bring superstar magic to certain shows. Maybe it was a Christmas uh you know, a little Christmas uh, goodwill that uh, got you the most popular episode in the history of my show? Well, I'm just saying, you know, you've kind of, there was just a magic combo there. It was, uh, it was Batman, it was Christmas, and it was Jamie Jamikowski. Really, that's like the uh, the Mount Rushmore of, of podcasts. And by the way, what is this co-host of, of Let the Chaos Begin? I've actually relaunched Let the Chaos, and, and I fly solo now. I've, I've cut all the dead weight. No more <laughs> co-hosts for me. I, you're right. I, I'm so used to when you first came on my show, you had a, you had a co-host, but that's okay. Now the the only host of Let the Chaos Begin. 
That's right, but I am excited to be back. Uh, all kidding aside, it's always fun doing this show, and I always get to talk about Batman. Although once I did talk about um, Masters of the Universe once. I did talk about He-Man, although somehow that's been, um, I, I think when Thanos snapped and got rid of half your episodes, that one never came back in the history of your, you know, Matt Spectro through the multiverse. Well, we got together, we decided, since this is the two-year anniversary, we wanted to do something that would stand out from the other episodes. So we're going to do something a little bit different. So we're doing this podcast naked. <laughs> well, that's one of the many things. whole bunch of things we're going to do different. But what we decided to do is we're going to go through the legacy, if you will. We're going to go through the history of Batman and animated television shows. But before we did that, I thought we'd do something neat. I uh, usually reserve this for when Julian stars on my show, but I thought we do something different. We're going to do some trivia, I think, this episode. Do, do, do. Oh, is this like a For the Pops pop quiz? <laughs> it's not exact, but it's it's in the vein of that. I'll, I'll send your producer the music. I think we should use a This Must Be Pop. pop. All right, here we go. I'm ready. Uh, I have three Batman questions. Sure. Uh, they range from easy to a little bit difficult. I didn't want to hit you with too obscure, but a Batman expert like yourself, this shouldn't be a, a problem. I'm sure this won't be a problem. All right, so number number one. This is kind of the easiest one I felt of the three. Back in 1988, DC Comics presented the story Death in the Family, which had the shocking death of the second Robin, Jason Todd. What were the unusual, unique circumstances surrounding the death of Jason Todd? So on a certain day in 1988, I can tell you that a young Jamie Jamikowski brought a roll of quarters uh, to high school that day because we had a payphone. So I could pump quarters during my free period into a payphone so I could call that 900 number to vote on whether I wanted uh, Jason Todd to live or die. And that's what they did. Yeah, they basically said, hey, what's going to happen? Readers call in and whichever, there was one phone number for let him live, another phone number for let him die. And uh, and yeah, we and you know, like I said, young uh, roll of quarters, pumping it into a because uh, I want to say it was like fifty cents a call was the nine hundred number at that time. But yeah, that's exactly what I did. Ding ding ding! You are correct, Jason Todd, the only character in the history of comic books where the readers could decide whether they would kill this character off or not. And I lost because I voted for him to live. Close vote. It was supposedly he only him dying was only defeated. I believe somewhere around seventy votes. Yeah. He almost lived. In fact, Denny O'Neill for the longest time had this theory that this guy in California had an automatic dialer who was constantly calling to uh, call for the death of Jason Todd. A very strange uh, event in comic books. Now, what's weird is that have you ever seen the panel, uh, the Jim Apparel panel where, where he lives? That I have not, actually. G- Google it. It's out there everywhere. It's awful. <laughs> it's like Batman's got this big smile on his face, still carrying the body, like in that famous, you know, carrying the body pose and it's like he's alive and when i read that i'm like yeah i'm glad he died <laughs> and uh some of the writers have gone on to say that uh they, they thought this was a real sleazy stunt <laughs> they thought it was really in poor taste you know at the time it was really cool but we, as we're saying it out loud i'm like yeah well we like literally voted like it would be like doing a call-in vote for hermione to die in harry potter it's like ew, that just feels weird now All right, so Jamie is one for one. Of course. Question two. Batman co-creator Bill Finger 
He wrote one episode, one two-part episode of the 60s Batman live-action television show. What was the villain featured in that episode? Um. Fortunately, I can't tell you the name of the episode because that would give away the villain. <laughs> All right. Um. Wow. Um. I can, uh, if you. No, I, I don't want to hint yet. Okay. Because <laughs> it's got to be somebody obscure. So it's not gonna be, it's not gonna be one of the big ones. I don't think it's gonna be somebody obscure. Um, and I don't think it's gonna be somebody like uh, who who was like, um, like never in the comics, like Louis the Lilac, who happens to be my, my all time favorite. It's gonna be somebody random. Like, like, oh god, I don't know who was on that show. Like, it's gonna be like Calendar Man. I don't think he was ever on there. Or um, King Tut was never in the comics. I think he showed up years down the road. Did he? Some, Maybe he some... did somewhere down the road. Give me I a hint. Be... Alright, well, you are in the ballpark. It is an obscure villain that had appeared in the comic book. He was not exclusive to the television show. But he is very obscure and I believe this is the only episode this villain showed up on. That's and, my hint? And he does not resemble <laughs> the classic costume you associate with this character. He really doesn't resemble whatsoever. <sighs> All right. The episode is called The Blank's Crazy Crime. The Blank's Crazy Crime. Um, oh, hell. All right. I'm going to go with three guesses. Maybe one of them will be right. I, no, because I don't think Killer... It can't be Killer Moth because I think... No, because he. I think he came out when they introduced Batgirl in the comics just before, but I don't think he was ever on the show. Ah. Uh, like that, I'm like literally like I'm I'm staring. I'm like, ah, fudge. I don't know if this character was like considered a classically a Batman villain. Is this something stupid like Crazy Quilt or like Clock <laughs> King or like freaking Firefly? No, Firefly was never on it. All right, you've said five names, and I'll give you another. Hint. One of them is correct. You've said one the of them name. is co- one of the names I've said is correct. All right, so who have I said? King Tut, no. Uh, Louis the Lilac, no. What the hell else did I say? Clocking? Ding, 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 ding. Shut up. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yes. Bill Finger wrote the episode, The Clock King's Crazy Crimes. That's so stupid. You know what I was doing? I was sitting here and like, I, I think I've told you before. I want to say it was, uh, it was either Detective 500 or what, Detective 527. And what I was thinking of it's basically this weird story where Batman, Robin, Batgirl, Talia, and Catwoman all kind of team up against every other Batman villain. So it's like Black Spider. Oh, Mad Hatter could have been a good guess just now. I should have guessed him, but I was right. And what I was trying to think of, like, there's a scene where all the villains are there. And I was trying to go through, and I'm like, okay, who are the obscure ones <laughs> that might be there? All right. So you're two, now you're I'm, two actually, two. I'm actually mad at my right answer. Because I feel like I should have guessed the Mad Hatter. <laughs> the only person to get it right and get angry. Now this one, this is the one I thought... That's my secret cap. I'm always angry. <laughs> this one I thought was hard only because it's official, but it's kind of disputed fact as well at the same time. So here we go. What comic book, what issue is considered the first appearance of the Batman of Earth-1, a.k.a. the Silver Age Batman? 
Oh, wow. What issue? Yes. Holy hell. This is what they canonically, until Crisis and all that, was considered the first appearance of Batman of Earth 1, a.k.a. the Silver Age Batman. Okay, there's no way I'm going to guess the right issue number without cheating. And I'm not going to pull an RJ DeLuise and cheat on a podcast. Honestly, for the Pops trivia. Um, it's got to be somewhere... It's got to be somewhere like late 70s when we kind of got... When, when we started to get like that Denny O'Neill, Jim Aparo Batman. Uh, he moves out of Wayne... Stately Wayne Manor, Robin kind of goes away, and we start to get those darker, grittier stories. Yeah, I'm picturing... Oh, like, I'm picturing... These These are the ones where it's, like, the famous, uh... Like, shirtless Batman in the desert with the sword fighting Ra's al Ghul. Um, this is, like, Batman on the turret with the ghost lady gesturing to him where he falls off. <laughs> so now I gotta do some math. So, five times in there, uh, 12 issues a year, uh, I'm sorry, 100, yeah, 12, oh, hell. 327. Ding, 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 ding. No. <laughs> did you look that up? <laughs> I swear on, I swear on my daughter, I did not look that up. <laughs> yes, Detective Comics 327. Shut is, up. Is considered the first appearance of Batman of Earth 1. The Silver Age Batman. I swear on all that is holy, I did not look that up. I literally... See, now, now I'm looking it up. And they did it in that issue because, you know, it was an anniversary issue because Batman first appeared in Detective Comics 27. So it was 327. So that is... <laughs> I, I want to go on record again <laughs> and say this is two in a row where I got the right answer <laughs> with completely wrong logic. Like, I, I just pulled it up as we're talking, and I'm staring at the cover. Completely not the era of Batman I was thinking of. No, you're completely wrong era and wrong comic, right? But you still got it right. And I, I, was, and I'm, I just said 327. I, fortunately, I didn't say which one I meant, so I'm going to go with the correct answer. Well, when you got the 327, I wasn't going to make you say Batman or Detective Comics. I mean, I think that uh, you got the number right. That, <laughs> that was impressive enough that I don't think... Uh, you were thinking of the Neil Adams, Denny O'Neill era. Yeah. That we got more of the gritty, real, realistic Batman. Yeah, that exactly. Everyone... That's what I was thinking. Yeah, it came out in 1964, written by John Broom, pencils by Carmen Infantino. I mean, I'll take the points, but I was completely off, Alex. Well, even if you look at the cover, it's not like it's like, you know, splashed all over there that this is it. But that is like, yeah, that was until like... You know, Crisis and all that later on. That was canonically considered the first appearance of Batman of Earth One. Like I was, I was thinking more like I'm googling now and I'm pulling up covers. I was thinking more like Batman three ninety five, four ten, because these are ones I was literally thinking of. Yeah, here's Batman tied up to the yeah. Yeah, I know the era you're talking about because that's like that's the era after the show where Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams said, "All right, we got to take this guy back to stop being so goofy and be more of a." A street level. Yeah, I, I am impressed. The, the funny part, one, the, the one I was literally thinking of, it was Batman 237, Night of the Reaper, is what I was thinking of with all my logic. So, so I don't know. Uh, 
Other show, uh, Batman Superfan Ray might owe you an apology. He doubted uh, some of your... Uh... That was ridiculous, and I managed to guess <laughs> that one. Yeah. You got all three. I'm very impressed. Oh. I feel like I said, I'm still angry about... I'm still angry that I didn't guess Mad Hatter, and I'm still... <laughs> I'm glad you didn't make me say Batman or Detective, because I would have been dead wrong. So, uh, instead of like we always do watch an episode... I mean, Batman's been a pop culture icon, and not just comics, but all forms of entertainment. So, we're going to take a look... Batman animation would take us too long because of all the DVDs and whatnot. So we decided we're going to take a look at every Batman animated television show in history. We watched one episode of every single cartoon that's ever existed. There's been, what, nine different animated Batman series. Is that incredible or what? Yep. And again, you and I differ on which ones are different because I lump some of them together. Gotcha. But there were a couple like I didn't even remember, and there was there were two I actually kind of confused. So, but we'll get to that. Now, I'm when I say nine, I'm also counting Cape Crusader that is supposedly going to be released on Amazon, I believe. So I'm I'm counting that one, but obviously we couldn't watch that as well. What I mean, uh, Spider Man is the only other character that comes close to the amount of different cartoons that this Batman character has had. It's, I mean, the first series is in '68, and the last one he had was. Actually, back in 2013, but he's about to have a new one. I think that one debuts in 24. Yeah. So what is that? That a 50? Yeah. <laughs> 50, over 50 years. 55-year history? They're older than me. It's, it is uh, crazy. Uh, we might not even remember all. Some of these I hadn't seen in years. Some of these I watched for the very first time. And I will say some of them I was pleasantly surprised. Some of them I misremembered. So, so let's, let's get rolling. And I also I kept track to see what from Batman's supporting cast and Rose Gallery, what characters showed up on because I watched the first episode of every one and see which one. I counted how many of them showed up to see how more important they're gonna be fun. We're gonna go back to nineteen sixty eight. The very first Batman cartoon, The Adventures of Batman, which was uh right after the uh phenomenon of the Batman television show had ended. And uh, this is the very first one on CBS, Saturday mornings. Ran to 1969. Filmation did this one as well. Basically, though, it wasn't really original. What they did was there were Batman cartoons and the Batman Superman cartoon a year later. And they just took the clips and pretty much gave Batman his own show. This one I don't really remember ever watching. Uh, I went back to September 14th, 1968, the very first episode, which was My Crime is Your Crime yeah. and, a, and a Bird Out of Hand. Yep. What's funny is on this one is, like you said, I misremembered this one. I confused it with the later one, which we'll kind of talk about next. Like, I always remembered Batmite being in it. I did the exact same thing. Exactly what you did is what I did. I kind of forgot about this one until I, you know, in prepping for this, I watch it. I'm like, okay, I kind of remember these being different now because these didn't have these didn't have Batmite yet. Nope. But they did have Batgirl. She does show up in some of these yet. And the funniest part, I don't know if, I don't know how many you watch, how many you scan through, if it was just the first one. Uh, and we'll talk about this a lot today. It is kind of funny now. I'm of an age, and I think you are too, where way back in the day, you had to watch a show when it was on. Oh, yeah. Like Saturday morning or, you know, Thursday night. And, and if you missed it, you had to wait for something called reruns or, you know, we'll talk about that later, kids. But uh, I do find it weird sometimes when you do these podcasts, when you talk about whether it's movies or TV shows now, and you kind of binge or watch a bunch of episodes in a row, 
it's interesting how some do hold up better than others. Like when you watch this early one and then even the one from later in the 70s with Batmite, you realize that it really is. It's kind of that that Hanna-Barbera formula where it's really the same thing over and over and over again. <laughs> you know, it's like on these, these are the episodes where you could tell they were very much inspired by, as you said, Matt, the, the TV show where you had the major villains. They did have some other ones, but I always thought it was funny how on this one, whoever the villain was, if, if it was the Joker, all of his henchmen were dressed as jesters. <laughs> Catwoman had cat men. It was just always funny how it almost felt like they tried to do what they couldn't do on the TV show because of budgetary limits. They could only have a cast so big that on these cartoons, they said, okay, let's take what we're doing and, you know, we'll just make it more. But it was like, there was one where it was like, uh, like if it's Catwoman, her vehicle is shaped like a cat kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah, they brought that back in Brave and the Bold. <laughs> right. You know, it's like, I want to say like the Joker, didn't he like live in a house, like a house of cards? Or It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, funny about that. That's one of the things I wrote is they needed the bat computer to find out where the Joker's headquarters was. You know, that building built like a house of cards. Right. They couldn't figure out without the bat computer. You know, that that does bother me in some of these like campier ones where it, exactly what you said. It's like, I wonder where the Joker is or like, I wonder where the penguin is. Maybe it's that giant igloo building down on, you know, 34th and, and Main. Maybe, you know, maybe that is where a guy named Penguin's hanging out today. <sighs> again, I, again, I, what I did was I tried to find a bunch of these, just watch them in, in bursts. I did notice on this one, like, remember when Batman, Adam West Batman ended? Like Batgirl was often either equal with Robin or sometimes even saving, you know, Batman and Robin. Yep. If you watch these, like she is straight up damsel in distress. Yes. <laughs> like in all of these dogs, like, here comes Batgirl. Oh, she slept on a banana peel and they captured her. Thing is also this came about because Batman was still pretty popular despite the cancellation. Um, a different network had planned to continue the show, but apparently they had already demolished all the sets. <laughs> right. And that was the only reason we never got another season of, of the TV show. So it's uh, it's pretty much in that vein. Now, some firsts. Obviously, it's the first cartoon of Batman, but it's also the first appearance of the legendary uh, Olin Soul doing the voice of Batman, who would go on to voice him throughout the Super Friends. Also, the first time Casey Kasem did the voice of Robin as well. And again, it's, it's ironic that you're bringing up all these firsts because right now you have me with you, you know, the, the, the first guest to get the most downloads in the history of uh, Matt Spector's The Multiverse Podcast. I like to keep bringing up these little number one things today, Matt. He's called uh, – he's a millionaire back here. So inflation has yeah. changed because now he's a billionaire. Back here, he's only millionaire, Bruce Wayne. Apparently in this version, he invested a lot in um, security barriers at Woodstock and they didn't work. And he just took a big bath. So his net worth was greatly depreciated. And a couple of gems from the voiceover from the, the beginning credits. They say Batman takes on his uh, his group of kooky criminals. They're kooky. And they call the Penguin the pudgy purveyor of propriety. Yes. I mean, my favorite, though, and again, this is where I start to, like, mush things together. Whether it's this, whether it's the later one, or whether it's even Super Friends. Is Ted Knight is the narrator on this? Yep. And I make Ted Knight the narrator in my mind of so many more Batman things than he really did. 
So when I heard this, I'm like, okay, this is the one where Ted Knight starting as a narrator. Two things that stuck out of my mind other than the pudgy purveyor of variety is uh, Joker has the best line ever when he says, you know how I know it's raining cats and dogs? It's because I stepped in a poodle. Yes. Yes. Yep. It's good stuff. Overall, looking back, this this was a pretty bad cartoon. Like, it was very rushed, very cheap. Animation is really poor. <laughs> there's sometimes where there's like literally no background. Like, there the screen is like green, and Batman and Robin are just standing in front of it. What I love about this one, and then when we're not talking Super Friends today, but this one, Super Friends, and when you get into like the, the late seventies one too, is I do always love when I would see the inverted bat symbol on his chest or Robin's, the black and the yellow on Robin's chest would get inverted. Oh yeah. I, I, yeah. That happens a lot. Yeah, It happens a lot. Like you're looking at it, it's like, like I just picture like a, a bunch of guys, like the editors or the animators, like they're scrolling through the film at the time. Cause it wasn't digital. They're, and they're like, Hey, the bats. Nah, the hell with it. Let it go. No, these, these stupid kids don't care. We're not starting with our best foot forward. We'll say that, but no, I I'll tell you, I do find this one in the new adventures with Batmite. I do find them oddly enjoyable only because you have to remember I'm a little bit older than you. I do remember watching these. So these for me, it was a little bit kind of like when I watched super friends, we, I think you and I talked to super friends episode way back when there is a little bit of nostalgia that kicks in for me. So I probably find these more enjoyable. I'm sure if I sat down with my 19 year old daughter and made her watch it, she would look at me like, what the bleep are you making me watch this for? This is stupid, but I enjoyed them. <laughs> So then we fast forward to 1977, The New Adventures of Batman. Filmation brings them back. Um, they do a, on CBS again, 16 episodes. This is a rare time when a, a character had two cartoons featured in the same time on different network because they were going head-to-head with the Super Friends who had Batman on there as well. So it's very rare. Not I don't think this has ever happened every other time. Only Batman could be running on two cartoons simultaneously. He's that good. The special thing about this, they bring back Burt Ward and Adam West to do the voices. That's right. This is when they came back to start portraying the characters again in, in animated form this time. Which is odd because the cartoon that happened like literally right when the show was in everybody's mind, they don't bring them back. They bring them back nine years later. Yeah. But how often do you hear actors who are kind of typecast in roles and what's their big thing? Oh, I want to expand. I want to, I want to do something different. But then all of a sudden, eight, nine years later, when, you know, you're doing car show openings with Jerry Lawler, all of a sudden a payday to be Batman again on an animated show sounds good to you. Now, another funny thing is uh, Joker supposedly was supposed to be in the Legion of Doom, but Riddler ended up being there because both Super Friends in this cartoon, they had different rights to different characters. So Filmation had the rights to Joker at the time, not Hanna-Barbera. Right. So therefore, Joker could not be a member of the Legion of Doom. Much like uh, Disney and Universal, some of the Marvel characters now. Exactly. You can only see certain versions of Marvel characters at Disney, but not others because they are licensed to Universal. I think it works out a little better, not having the Legion of Doom just be generic, everybody's arch, arch enemy, you know, having Riddler and Scarecrow in there instead. I think it worked out for the best. I completely agree. Now, this is, as you had aforementioned, uh, they bring, they're even in the credits, Batmite and Batgirl. Yeah. <laughs> now, they, the, the rumor behind that was uh, 
they had wanted, they had an idea of launching toys to go with it. So they thought having Batmite and Batgirl would be lend to more characters to make toys and have a lot more little kids be into it. Well, this was like, and again, I know this is filmation, but this started to become Hanna-Barbera 101. That when you have a, a character, you have a series that's kind of waning in popularity or kind of giving you a little bit of a refresh. What do you do? You add the Great Gazoo, you add Scrappy-Doo, <laughs> you add Batmite. You just add that that silly little crazy character for the kitties. And that was just more of like a, like I said, it was a, like who was a He-Man, a Orko, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they always kind of had that, you know, silly little, uh, you know, there was, there was Godzilla and Godzuki. Has anybody done Godzilla and Godzuki on your show yet? You just did it like three episodes ago. Okay, good. I, I thought I saw that because I think I, I think what happens. I think I actually saw that and I got pissed because I'm like, damn it, I should have gotten that one because I can still remember the theme song. It's like Godzilla, Godzilla, and Godzuki. It was this weird little. Anyway, sorry that doesn't. But that's what they did. They would bring in these little silly characters. So we went back to February twelfth, nineteen seventy-seven. The episode, the pest, and. <laughs> What stuck out in my mind in this, Burt Ward's voice is just weird. I, I feel like, I guess he finally hit puberty and he got a different voice because he doesn't sound the same. <laughs> you know, I didn't notice, but I'll, but I'll have to go back and listen more closely because I'll be honest, I didn't notice that. But I, I don't know why in my mind, like I just picture him sounding like Natasha Leone, like, <laughs> hey, Batman, let's Batman to the bat poles, Let's go. He sounds like, what, what was it? Uh, Marge Simpson sisters. And um, Pong showed up in this. At the beginning, Bruce Wayne and uh, and Dick Grayson are playing Pong. Because what is he? Is he a billionaire again, or is he still a millionaire on this? Not said specifically. I'm going to guess he's still a millionaire. What I also love about these shows is, um, like, I think it was in the first version. I think one of them I was I kind of scanned through. I was watching online, and like Catwoman isn't dressed anything like a cat. No, they. So I re- I read something. She looks more like the Batwoman. Yeah, she's like, a, yeah, exactly. Like, and one she's in like a green bodysuit with a mask, but I'm Catwoman. What green cat are you? And, and we'll talk about this as we get later. It is funny how, yeah, sometimes they reinvent the villains or reinvent the heroes and how they look. And sometimes it's just like on these things, it's like, you know what? Don't get creative. Just take the low hanging fruit. Let, let her, let her look like a cat. It's okay. And that might is supposed to be the imp from the fifth dimension, but it seems to me teleporting is the only power this fool has. Yeah, I don't have fond memories of Batmite, even looking back. Remember, I was a Batman fan as a kid, so when this came out, I was probably six, seven years old, somewhere in there. Even as a kid, then I was like, oh, yeah, it's Batmite. It's like, no, stop. I want Batman and Robin. The last time I had seen this is when in the, I think it was the 90s, they released a bunch of VHSs of the old DC cartoons. Yeah. And I bought the Batman one that had like five episodes of the filmation, so... That uh, that should tell you how long it's been that I bought it on on a v- VCR, not a DVD. That's amazing. What a ridiculous premise this was of the Joker's trying to steal a car that runs on water, but if you put salt in the water, it'll cause a chain reaction where the car will blow up with the power of a nuclear bomb. Yeah, you know, you think there'd be a sticker on there, you know, like don't add salt. It's all of these things. It, they're just. These are weird because, like I said, I look at them through a nostalgic eye. And as I said, I remember when you and I did a Super Friends episode and we talked about that. 
the way I remember these, I remember these cartoons as being so much better <laughs> than they really are. And when you see stuff like that, like I remember sitting on my couch watching them like in the last year or so when you and I have spoken and it's just so cringy. Like I do think that the Adam West Batman TV show, I think that holds up because at some point they embraced their campiness and they leaned into it. So it, it holds up for that reason. These like kind of just, like you said, they don't hold up. I'm on board with, with, you know, cartoon plot lines being unrealistic, but some of these are just, they're just straight up dumb. One thing I'll say about this, I think it's an improvement over the, the first one. But if you know anything about animation, this is like, you know this is filmation when you watch it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the way Batmite acts, the music, the way it's animated, like, this is classic filmation. Yeah. Like, anytime you see characters running, it's obvious they're using the exact same animation, just slapping on a different background. Or as you said, no background. And they always have that noise when someone does something stupid, like the blah, 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 blah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sound effects with Matt Spectro. Possibly the biggest gap in the history of animation for Batman, where we didn't get another series until 1992, 15 years later. For Batman, the animated series, what most consider the greatest Batman animated show of all time. I could argue the greatest Batman on screen ever, including Nolan movies. I think these are... He's in the conversation, I agree. Yeah, I mean, obviously we've talked about this before. This was just a series that it it spun off of the the Tim Burton Batman movies, Batman and Batman Returns from from 89 and 92. And it was very much, it actually uses the same, it uses the Batman theme for it. And I know it kind of spun into, we'll talk about what it, it spun into a second version down the road. But this was really, you you got to see Batman being kind of this this dark Batman, but it wasn't, it wasn't like, God, current DC cinematic Batman or even Nolan Batman, where he's just, or even, I guess, comics Batman now at times, where, yeah, animated series is dark. Yes, it's very stylized. I, I love the art deco, the film noir vibe of Batman the Animated Series. That's why I love it so much. I think you... I said earlier, talk about something that holds up over time. 89 Batman and this this animated series, they both went with everything from stylized cars to stylized buildings, that gothic look. So no matter when you watch it, it's out of place, out of time. So it always works. But what they didn't do in this is, yes, it was dark. Yes, it was stylized. Yes, it was very film noir. But Batman wasn't a complete and total prick either. Like, there are some genuinely, we talked about this in some of the, our past episodes. There are some really funny and upbeat spots on the animated series. And that, that's why it holds up so well. And that's why I think everybody loves it so much. Is it's, it's not like sometimes now the character of Batman, he's actually tedious at times. Because he's such a miserable wretch. Whereas this, you get to see him be a Cape Crusader or a, a detective but he still has a little bit of fun at times, which is nice to see. So this was on uh, Fox Kids. At the time, the most longest-running Batman cartoon of all time. Uh, we went back to September 5th, 1992, the episode On Leather Wings, featuring the late, great Kevin Conroy as the voice of Batman. 
And another thing I thought was very fascinating, uh, I didn't really think about it until I went through the whole thing. This is the first cartoon I can think of in history that actually had continuity. Like, things happened that don't get paid off until much later down the show. Such as, they introduce Harvey Dent in this episode, but he does not become Two-Face till much later. Yeah, they, they treated this like it was, I mean, for lack of a better phrase, it was a half an hour action show that happened to be animated. You, you could almost compare it in a weird way. Okay, kids, all, all the kids listening, get out your Google machine. Ready? You could almost compare this to a TV show like MASH, where, yes, technically MASH was a half an hour sitcom, but it was more than that. It was social commentary. It was drama. But as you said, it wasn't MASH and Who's the Boss were very different. You know, every episode of Who's yes. the Boss, everything got wrapped up in a nice, neat little package with, oh, whereas MASH, no, stuff lingered. And as you said, characters would come and go and characters would get replaced. And I feel like on the animated side, Batman the Animated Series is, is very much in that vein. You know, it didn't just decide to be a cartoon about a superhero. It was a series. It had stakes. Things happened. And as you said, it had continuity. And obviously, I mean, this was the legendary uh, in it of Kevin Conroy was the voice of many different things. Uh, sadly passed away. Interesting choice to have Man Bat be the villain on the very first episode. No, because you were going to ask me the trivia question. I, I haven't really looked, but I'm assuming in all these first episodes, it's got to be like Joker number one, Penguin number two in these first episodes. You want me to tell you that? Yeah, tell me that. <laughs> Joker is the most prominent villain in the very first episode of all these cartoons. I mean, you figure, and again, I think you and I have had this conversation kind of offline about one of our issues with Batman movies and Batman and all of that, where to some extent, what are the two things you and I don't need to see in any <laughs> first Batman ever again? And we always joke, two things we don't ever need to see again in any first episode, first movie, first whatever. We don't need to see how the Waynes were killed. And we don't need to see Joker. We get yeah, it. We get it. <laughs> we get and then and then of course my all-time favorite is when they they mush them both together. And this is my one of my only criticisms of the nineteen eighty nine Batman movie is whenever you see that Joker killed the Waynes. That just yeah. over the edge. Not a fan of that myself. That makes me so angry. That is the only part of like if I ever met Tim Burton, I would probably say Tim Burton's probably my favorite director of all time. If I really think about it, I love ninety percent of his stuff. I would probably question him. I'd be like, really, man? Dance with the Devil in the Pale Moonlight? It had to be him? Come on. One thing that um, stuck out in my mind is not really. I went off topic there. I went a little mini rant. Sorry. A guy in this episode, he's really passionate about bats. The bat expert that Bruce Wayne goes to. (laughs) This guy's really, really passionate about bats. They're survivors, and he likes them better than people. (laughs) He just really likes bats. And again, maybe we should do this like on your third anniversary. I'll come back because, you know, I'm sure we'll be up, up there in the rankings again. Of course. I'll come back in a year. And you know what we should talk about? You know what I want our, our year three topic to be? I want our year three topic to be, you know, the Marvel series, What If? Yeah. <laughs> I want to do a, what if Matt Spector and Jamie woke up in the DC universe? Because imagine you're a normal person, right? And you wake up, like you wake up and all of a sudden you're, you're, you're in like a nice... Two bedroom, three bedroom, two and a half bath apartment in Gotham, right? And you're like, all right, it's a nice, nice, what is it, mid May? Ah, nice Sunday evening in May. You open up your blinds. 
<laughs> and a freaking life-size leathery bat goes flying by your window, right? Followed by a guy dressed as a bat swinging behind him and a little kid dressed like a circus clown behind him. You'd be like, what the F just happened here? <laughs> right? And I mean, like, like you said, like if, if you live in the DC universe, like, are you just attracted to these places? It's, it's, it is an interesting question. Like, yeah, I, well, I really like lizards. I'm trying to clone lizards. I clearly should do this in Gotham, right? They've done comics where they've tried to explain why people live in these cities and all these crazy... But I can't think of a Batman story where they ever try to explain why people actually live in Gotham. Why would anybody live in Gotham? It's ridiculous. Now, it's been disputed. Uh, the new Batman Adventures. Do you consider that just a season of the Batman animated series? Or do you consider that... It's, it's a continuation. Okay. Plotlines literally roll right through. The only difference is this, the animation style is slightly different. It, it moved to to uh, WB Kids instead of Fox Kids. But no, it, it's clearly the Dick Grayson, who was Robin, becomes Nightwing. Yeah, it's the first appearance of Tim Drake as well. Yeah. No, no, it's 100%. It's just a continuation. And this is interesting to me. This is a very early voice acting of Tara Strong, but credited under her maiden name of uh, Tara Shardinoff. Uh, so that was kind of... a. Uh, Interesting to me. I haven't seen too many things where she's not credited as Tara Strong. So on that note, we're going to take a little bit break, and then uh, Jamie and myself, we're going to come back, and we're going to discuss Batman through the years of animated television. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Somewhere out in Gotham Town, something bad is going down. Only brave Batman and Robin dare to write what's wrong. We're leaving clues, laughing when the joke's on you. Penguins flying high, that woman's coming on real strong. Cried is like a vile disease, have you met Mr. Freeze? Echo gives you shivers and two face looks in the night. When you think you'll reach the end, signal your only friend. Batman and Robin, Batman's right! Join the adventures of Batman and Robin, Saturday morning on Fox Kids. It's the Penguin! And the Joker! What can I be up to? Oh no! Are they going to steal the Batmobile? Can it be? Can they get away with it? Flash the bat signal! The dynamic duo will be needed here for this! I hope they see it! Success! Into action, Robin! The Batcave's computer plots the strategy! They'll need Batcycle and Batcopter for this one! Let's split it up and hit them high and low, boy wonder. <laughs> Holy leap and bat cycle! We've got to capture those dastardly villains. Trapped at the pass! That should hold the two of you for a while. Okay. I'm fine. That's good. Now hold on. Where are you? I'm in New York. Who am I? Hey, coach. And who are you? I'm Batman. Sit down. You don't understand. I'm Batman. I do. I do. Not going anywhere for a while? Grab a Snickers. Hello, Goodston. My name is Batman. You could be my assistant. Would you like that? Would you like to ride with Batman? 
Meanwhile, behind the facade of this innocent-looking podcast... Greetings, Bat fans. This is Batman. And Robin, the boy wonder. And me too, Batmite. Welcoming you to the new adventures of Batman. Watch us wage our never-ending battle of good versus evil. Ride with us as we chase the greatest array of villains the world has ever seen, proving that crime does not pay. Get set for thrills and action. Join me, Batman. And me, Robin the Boy Wonder. And that girl. And me too, Batmite. In the super new adventures of Batman. And we are back. We are... We're celebrating two years of the multiverse. We're going through the history of Batman and animation. We just finished the next one. The, one of the more unique ones we're going to be talking is Batman Beyond. Now, this one is the only Batman cartoon not to feature Bruce Wayne as the main character. Well, you, sort of. Well, I mean, he's on the show, but I mean, Terry McGinnis is the main character. He becomes the new Batman. Right. But Bruce is still the driving force of the show. Yeah, because he recruits him. He wants him. So, I mean, I wouldn't say he's a... It's a a unique take. This is the only one that really does something different. Now, again, this is the one where... This is probably, after Animated Series, probably my favorite Batman show. I love Batman Beyond. I love the Batman Beyond costume. I wish we could get a really cool Batman Beyond comic. I know they've done a few here and there. I love this character. I also love the fact that this one bridges... I feel it bridges from Batman the Animated Series into all the Justice League Unlimited and Justice League Animated Series, that this is kind of the link between all of them, this show. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. Yeah, it is a link because it does connect everything. We go back to January 10th, 1999, Rebirth. Now, uh, some people like this even better than some of the ones featuring Bruce Wayne. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I really like this show. You know, look, here we go. Ready? Ready? Hold on. Wait. I'm, I'm, sliding my, I'm sliding my soapbox over so I can get up on it right now. <laughs> all right. I'm all ears. Here we go. <clears throat> Here's the problem with comics today. Now what they do is, like, I don't know. I, I don't follow comics as closely as I used to. But I know that now we have this run of, it's like, Superman for a while was Superman's son, I guess. And then there's a new Batman who, I don't even know who the hell he was, Lucius Fox's kid. Yeah, Jace Fox. And then there was some, was it like a South American Wonder Woman now, right? And yeah, yeah. Tar, uh, with Tari Yasha, I can't remember her name. Okay. So I apologize to any Wonder Girl fans out there. Please, who cares? Because here's the problem. What they do now is they decide, okay, we need Wonder Woman to be a certain type of character now. So they just kind of make crap up and force it into that Wonder Woman mold. What this show did was they actually thought about, okay, how do we modernize Batman without throwing out everything that we did before? And this is like the perfect amalgamation of they don't like spin on or make you feel bad or ignore all the Batman that came before. But it's not just somebody new putting on the same suit. You know, it's like Johnny Bravo, the suit fits, you're Batman now. No. They did a really nice job here of creating a different universe, different set of characters, but still having that tie into the past 
with Batman. And then there's the great movie they ended up doing. Was it Revenge of the Joker? Return of the Joker? Why can't I think of the name of it? I think it's Return of the Joker. Return of the Joker, where they tie everything together with Tim Drake. And, and, and Dick, it's amazing. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it. And uh, have you ever heard the rumor that uh, supposedly the show got greenlit because uh, one of the Warner Brothers executives said, you know, that Buffy show is really popular. We need Batman in high school. How can we make that happen? No, but if that's true, it's awesome. <laughs> so Batman Beyond technically might be credited because of the popularity of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's kind of crazy. I, I'd never heard that before. So then we move forward to 2004, The Batman. This is actually the longest running Batman cartoon in history. Obviously, I did research. I was shocked. <laughs> I was kind of surprised that this was technically, technically you could say this was more popular than Batman the Animated Series. Can we go back for one second? Hold on. For fire away. Go back to Batman Beyond for a second, because now I, <laughs> I pulled my screen back up. Okay. No, the voice actors on Batman Beyond was amazing. Will Friedel was great. Kevin Conroy. But you have Cree Summer was on there, Lauren Tom, and then Stockard Channing. Do you know, I'm a huge Stockard Channing fan from Greece. I did not know. I was not aware of Love this. me some Stockard Channing. George Decay was on Batman Beyond. George Decay, yeah. I almost start to feel like um, on some of these, like Batman the Animated Series, and then as you get into Batman Beyond, and then even like Justice League, I feel like it started to become like the old Batman, the, the 66 Batman show. How so? Where I think a lot of like, Actors and voice actors wanted to get cast to like be able to do little voices on these, but but all right, we can move on now. Sorry. Well, the Batman, we did a Halloween episode on Batman meets Dracula from this cartoon. We weren't we weren't really we didn't have our socks knocked off, shall we say, when we watched that. <sighs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I don't get this one. I don't like this one at all. I'm sorry. We talked earlier tonight about, you know. It's, it's one thing to be creative with your source material and take it in different directions. I, for instance, I love Batman Beyond with new costumes, the Jokers with the Z gang. Then you get to this one where the Joker doesn't really look like some human guy. He's like some weird juiced up He-Man action figure than a Batman villain in this one. He's, he's the creeper. He's basically the creeper. That's a really good point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All the all the character designs and the villains are really strange on this. Yeah, I I just don't like this one. I know we're gonna get to like Brave and the Bold next, but I feel like all these Batman shows, to some extent, they knew who they were. The very first one we talked about from the late '60s that was clear. Take Adam West type Batman, put it in cartoon form. Then when they kind of rebooted it in the 70s, that was basically take Hanna-Barbera formula, put it on Batman. So we get little short episodes, Batmite, cutesy. Batman the Animated Series, take Tim Burton Batman, put it on the screen. Then we get to Batman Beyond. We need, <laughs> we, we want Batman the Vampire Slayer. We want, we want Buffy Batman, right? That's what you just shared, which I think that's awesome. We want Buffy Batman in the future. Great. This one, I don't think it knows, because I sure in hell don't, what the hell this show wanted to be. Was it supposed to be like 
scary and kind of horror-y is it supposed I, I don't get this show at all. I think because and I hate the animation. Batman animated series was so iconic, they really wanted to do a really different thing to make it stand out. Is all I can think of of why the animation and the character designs are so different. I, I can't. And again, where did this one first air? Uh, September 11th, 2004, The Bat in the Belltree. What network do you know? It started on kids, Warner Brothers Kids, but then in later seasons switched over to Cartoon Network. Oh, yeah. I just don't like it. Like I said, I've tried. We we watched that Batman vampire, Batman versus Dracula. And I'm sorry, that, that just wasn't good. We tried to be nice because I know that you are positive Matt Spectro. Exactly. And I try to learn from you. But man, I just, I don't get this. I don't like it. The one thing I liked about it was uh, they established he's been Batman for three years in the first episode. So we don't get like the beginning of Batman. He's been already established as Batman. So I thought that was a nice touch. Sure. I mean, I'm kind of scrolling through. No, wait, they got like big names as voices on this one again, too. I feel like, you know, you you want to, if you're an actor or voice actor, you want to get on a Batman cartoon. They brought back certain people in different ways. Like Mark Hamill, who used to voice the Joker, he was Tony Zuko on this one. Adam West was the mayor of Gotham in later episodes. <laughs> so they'd bring back other people in different roles. But it's like, and then like Robin and Batgirl show up on this one. And I don't know if that's from the drop or if that came in a little bit later. But you've got like young Robin and young Batgirl. And then the last season, look, folks, I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch all this. I'm literally like IMDb was my friend on this one (laughs) because I tried all the other ones. I will sit here like Batman, the animated series. That's one I'll download episodes to watch on planes. Like when I want something to watch the 60s, 70s, those are nostalgia. Batman Beyond I love. This one I could not care less about, so I tried again, and I said, "Hell with it! I'll just, I'll just read." But like, I guess like season five of this one, it turns into a team-up show. Yeah, I read that. I didn't. I've never watched that far into the show. No, I don't think it. it and the fact that, as you said, you started this whole part with, "This is the longest-running one." Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. So that means Adam West was simultaneously the mayor of Gotham City and Quahog, Rhode Island. Which that's tough to do to get elected in two different uh, two different cities. That's true. Great observation. He had quite a political career. The only thing I did read one thing, or I, I I watched one little clip show or clip recap of this one. I did hear that perhaps the high point of this one though is Alfred, where I guess as the show goes on, Alfred within the Bat family gets more and more sarcastic. <laughs> where it's like Robin at one point reacts, he's like. Alfred, didn't you hear us? There were aliens attacking. And he's like, I live in a mansion over a cave where a man dresses like a bat to fight crime. These things don't shock me anymore. <laughs> and another one, like they were wondering if it was really Alfred or if Clayface was impersonating him. And Robin's like, I think it's Clayface. We should cut off his head. And Alfred doesn't even look up. <laughs> Alfred doesn't even look up. He goes, if you even try it, I promise you, you won't get blueberry scones for a year. And Batgirl's like, yeah, nobody would talk to us like that except the real Alfred. So from what I read and the clips I saw, like Alfred is a high point of this show. So we move on to my personal all-time favorite Batman cartoon, Brave and the Bold. What? This is my favorite Batman cartoon, Brave and the Bold. Uh, I absolutely love this cartoon. 
Really? Love it. Love it. Okay. We can, we can go with this. On 2008 on Cartoon Network, 65 episodes. First episode I watched, November 14, 2008, Rise of the Blue Beetle. Anyone who's unfamiliar, this is basically Batman Brave and the Bold comic book turned into cartoon form where Batman teams up with someone every episode. What, do you not like Batman Brave and the Bold? No, actually, I. the only reason I'm questioning, I would say this. If Batman the Animated Series didn't exist, I have no argument with you. Because growing up as a kid, again, probably my favorite Batman comics were Brave and the Bold and you may know, do you remember the old giant size like Batman family? Yep, I have, I have a couple issues with that. I really look forward to, when, when did this show come out again? 2000? 2008. 2008. So I think the reason I kind of missed the show when it just came out is it was just pure timing of life. My daughter was probably about five years old. So I was doing more family stuff. I didn't have time to sit around and watch Batman cartoons on my own anymore. But for this, I went back. I watched, I watched some episodes. I watched some clips. And... I feel like this one did a really good job because of the way it was done with a different hero teaming up every week. We talked about each animated Batman being its own thing, except for the one we just talked about, which had no real purpose, the Batman or whatever the hell that one was. What I like about this one is this one gave you all of them at different times, depending who he teamed up with. So sometimes you would get kind of a more campy fun batman on this one depending who who he teamed up with other times you know there's one with red tornado where the whole plot line is about you know red tornado's humanity and and there's another one where it's uh, oh he wasn't the question oh who the hell does he team up with maybe black canary where it's really a straightforward um it's it was a detective story so that's what i like about this one is depending who the guest star was depending what the plot line was you got all the Batmans you loved over time all in one show. Exactly. You took the words right out of my mouth. That's why I liked it. They took every aspect of Batman throughout the years and incorporated all into the show. Goofy Batman, serious Batman, space adventure Batman, classic villains Batman. They, they fit it all. And just some characters that I love from the DC Universe you would never get to see in any other cartoon. And that was always the best part about the old Brave and the Bold comic. And I think that's also why I'm a huge fan. I think someday you and I should talk about an episode of this next one I'm going to talk about is we've never really talked about Justice League Unlimited or was it Justice League that came right after it? Justice League first and then it became Justice League Unlimited. Then Justice League Unlimited. And I think that's why I liked those so much because really, where the hell else are you ever going to see The Shining Knight in animated form, right? We're going to see The Question. We're going to see Creeper. The Haunted Tank showed up on an episode of Brave and the Bold. Yeah, I mean, so it's stuff like this, you know, we talked about Red Tornadoes in an episode of this. You started with Blue Beetle, and I just saw the trailer for the new uh, Blue Beetle movie coming out. And and this this was the one, I'm sure you know, I will say of all the ones we've talked about tonight, the one I'm most interested to go back based on, believe it or not, folks, despite how I sound, I do do research before I come on the Matt Spectro podcast. <laughs> no, in, in doing my research, this is the one I actually want to go back and watch the most, because I vaguely remember it. But reading up on it, I'm like, this sounds more awesome than I remember it. This is the first time Batman confronts Joe Chill yep. and tells him who he is. Batmite shows up. He's amazing on this. It's I, I've read, and now I'm probably tonight going to go and watch the final episode, 
where I guess they completely shatter the fourth wall. Phenomenal episode. One of the greatest endings ever. They crap on comic fans. Like I saw one clip online. Uh, this isn't my Batman. My Batman is darker. And, and Batman just straight up insults them, which is tremendous to me. Great cartoon. If you haven't seen it, go out and watch it. It's still on HBO Max. Even the, They said they were taking it off, but it's still up there. Uh, just phenomenal. No, no, wait a minute. No, hold on. We're not because we're not, not going to move on yet. Okay. I'm pulling my soapbox back over, and and Cheryl, get me my ranting stick. I need my ranting stick for this. <sighs> so, Matt, here's my question for you. Fire away. This is, you know, a, a question as old as time itself. It's up there with uh, who shot JFK. What happened to the Holy Grail? And how can DC Comics create such amazing animated properties? And suck on the big screen. <laughs> well, seriously, like take any of our top three that we want to talk about tonight. Let's take um, animated series, Batman Beyond, and Brave and the Bold, and no, in no particular order, right? Let's take those three. All right. Granted, they've done Batman better than most, right? Yeah. But as they're bringing in characters, or they're they're doing team ups. Why can't they look at some of these amazing scripts they've already produced and be like, let's just do that again. Do that on the big screen and it won't suck. I keep going back to how are they unable to produce a good Justice League movie to the point where they've disbanded the Justice League on the big screen again. When they had some of the most amazing animated properties to draw from. Just pick the best episode for some of this stuff. Just pick the best episode. You'd have an awesome Batman movie. I'm very interested to see what they do with, with, with this Flash movie now. I, I'm, my hopes are so high. <laughs> I want it to be good, but I'm worried. Something happened when, even though it was successful, Batman Superman underperformed. Something in Warner Brothers happened when that happened, and they just... <laughs> everything went to hell where... Everybody was on different pages, different ideas of what to make happen. They just went into a tailspin. You know why? Let's 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 dig in. And I promise we'll go a little off topic. Okay. Why does Brave and the Bold, this animated series we're talking about, why does it work versus why Justice League and especially Batman versus Superman didn't work? It works because you need a hero with a different personality and a different viewpoint for Batman to play off of. I can go back as far as, um, ah, hell, Batman forever into Batman and Robin. Those suck bag movies, right? Remember Chris O'Donnell's Robin? Yes, I do. I'm sorry. I know. I'm, I apologize now. He was like bitter, angry Robin. He certainly was. Go to Batman versus Superman and even Man of Steel. Like his first time out, Superman kills Zod. Yep. Superman's angry the whole time. Superman's kind of dark and angry. Aquaman's kind of dark and angry. Everyone's angry is what you're getting. <laughs> Batman, Batman works when he's angry if he has other non-angry people to play off of. Robin's supposed to be the light to Batman and Chris O'Donnell's a moody dick. The whole point of it is, why why can you put in Just League Unlimited or on this one? Why can you put Booster Gold with Batman? It works because Booster Gold is some superhero celebrity who's trying to get, in this day and age, it would be, you know, 
likes and retweets and followers, right? Yep. But you pair him with Batman who's trying to stay in the shadows, and it works. You have a dichotomy to play off of. And that's where DC Cinematic Universe screws the pooch every time. Well. Everybody's angry. <laughs> we could probably do a whole other episode just on the DC film. <laughs> Here, Cheryl, take back the ranting stick. All right. Done. Now we're going we're gonna to wrap it up with what is considered not only the worst Batman cartoon ever, it's actually on almost every list of worst superhero cartoons I've ever seen. Beware the Batman. I will be honest with you. Yeah. And this is where, despite my fact of guessing uh, Detective Comics 327 and stumbling over the Mad Hatter to get to Clock King today, uh, here is where Ray, my good friend Ray, can try to take away my crown as Bat Expert. I swear I didn't even know this one existed. <laughs> well, this one was in 2013. When you and I were talking, hey, how's your family before we hit record tonight? And you were going through the list with me. I, I was like, what the hell is he? T-? I had to Google it, like, right now. <laughs> like, I've only found out what we've been recording for about an hour and nine minutes. I pretty much found out about this one an hour and 12 minutes ago. Well, it was 2013. It only ran 26 episodes on Cartoon Network. It had that Green Lantern cartoon-type animation where it was more computer-based. Uh, I got to say, this was dog shit. <laughs> Katana's a chauffeur. Why? Alfred's a former member of the MI6. <laughs> um, I had never seen this before we did this episode. and this was I thought it was just terrible. Terrible. I, I didn't like it at all i just thought it was horrible i haven't watched it i'm not gonna lie i i i, I found out about, about an hour and 14 minutes ago now you're not missing much like worse than that batman dracula thing we watched way where i thought it was way worse they have these weird villains pig and mr toad <laughs> hey, professor pig he's from the comics now yeah i knew about that i wasn't sure about mr toad but... is it super stylized too yeah, because if you remember the Green Lantern cartoon, it's the same computer stylized animation. The the less said about it, I wish Cape Crusader was a thing because I hate that we have to go out <laughs> on this terrible cartoon. Jeez, hold on, wait, wait, I'm watching it now. Oh, okay, I get this animation oh, style now. Horrid. Yeah, it's like that super, like you said, it's that super computer animated stuff. Like you have you have young you have young sons. I mean. You have, you have two sons I, in high school. I, I have teenage stepsons and a toddler son and daughter. So, like, and I'm just curious because, like, like, do they like the style of animation now? Uh, they might. Am I just old? Just tell me. It's okay. No, my daughter watches everything from old school Disney to uh, to Scooby Doo cartoons to Illumination. So, um, I, no, I just think I think this was a, a ten years ago. This was like becoming a thing that they thought this was going to be the future of animation, I think is really what's going on here. Like, I don't mind computer animated stuff. I mean, I probably can't tell the difference half the time now. But that looks like gar. You know what that reminds me of? Like, remember like when computer animation was first becoming a thing? Yep. Like you could do a school project? That's what that looks like to me. It's like, gee, oh, it's awful. Now I'm angry. Well, there you have it the history of Batman in animation. Wish we could have ended on a better note. Then. Wait, 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 I think we can end on a better note. <laughs> How's that? So let's do this. 
of the ones we watch, we'll, we'll take this garbage out of it, right? Okay. Rank them from your favorite to your least favorite. Uh, that's pretty simple. Number one would be Brave and the Bold. Number two would be Batman the Animated Series. Uh, number three would be uh, Batman Beyond. And then I would go The New Adventures of Batman, the 77 one. Then I'd go The Batman. And then I think the if you don't count this one, the 60s, The Adventures of Batman is my least favorite just because I just think it's a really shoddy put-together operation. See, I would go, in order, I would go Batman the Animated Series, Batman Beyond. I would then say Brave and the Bold with an asterisk, though. Okay. That could move up only because I don't remember it that well, but the brief research I did for the podcast and watching parts of it, I really like it. So that could get bumped up a little bit. Four with an asterisk because we didn't talk about it tonight, but that would probably be or three is three a and three b uh three b would probably be harley quinn on hbo max <laughs> this guy that have you watched it yet i've watched every episode that is the greatest twist on batman in forever i think it's hysterical everybody either loves it or hate it i uh, i find it entertaining i know a lot of people that also hate it oh they're stupid um that's three a three b then i would go with uh 77 with batmite 68 with without and then the, the batman dead last all right that's a respectable choice and obviously we can't cover all the multitude of dc direct animated batman films they've done as well no that's correct there you have it batman animation television hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed watching and talking about it and uh, keep your eyes peeled for Batman Cape Crusader when that comes out. I'm looking forward to that as well. I believe Bruce Tim is working on that. So that's going to be an exciting thing to look forward to. As uh, two-time guest of the year, co-host, and uh, most downloaded episode of all time. Do I get to do like, my cheap plugs now? <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say, thank you for joining us for the two-year anniversary episode, Jamie. It's a pleasure to have you, and congratulations on being number one. And really, I think right now, uh, even though we're only on uh... – you know, we're only in May. I pretty much think there are a lot of people chasing me for uh, guest of the year for 2023 already. Um, <laughs> all right, all right. Okay, with this one episode, I think I'm building building distance. But uh, yeah, but you know what? You can find me online. Matt and I were talking earlier. I I have a new strategy online. I I have I'm trying to bring back the Let the Chaos Begin podcast. I've recorded one episode, hoping to get a few more out there. The best place to find me online is at Jamie J U C W. That's at J A M I E J U C W. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and of course on Facebook um, under that. Also, for those of you who are fans of pop culture, movies, or superheroes in general, uh, check out where I'm at now. I'm working with a company called Prop Store. That's at Prop Store, P R O P S T O R E. Props like movies and a store. Uh, Matt, actually, this week, we are just setting up for a huge live auction the company's doing at the end of June here in L.A., and I had the pleasure of setting up our big press display yesterday where I got to set up uh, a couple of fun items, uh, starting with one of Michael Keaton's actual costumes from 1989, Batman. We also had one of his costumes from Batman Returns. We have Michelle Pfeiffer's costume from Batman Returns. If you're not a DC fan, we've got um, Jane Foster's uh, Mjolnir, the damaged Mjolnir hammer from Thor Love and Thunder. We've got Iron Man's 
uh, helmet from, I believe it's from Iron Man 2. We have a Star Wars helmet from Guardians of the Galaxy 1. And the biggest thing we have is, uh, Matt, I don't know if you know this, but we actually have one of Carrie Fisher's uh, from the ceremony scene from 1977 Star Wars. We actually have her dress on display at our headquarters right now. It's in a big glass case. But we got to set that up the other day. Oh, we have one of the bat pods from uh, Dark Knight, too. Nice. So, again, if you want to see all of these cool things, we are launching the auction at the end of this month. So probably right around the time this this drops. Uh, like I said, you can follow my links or definitely like and follow Prop Store on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And you'll get to see all these cool props. And a lot of times in these videos, you'll get to see me playing and talking about all these props for the company. So that's kind of fun, too. Beautiful. Speaking of social media, you can find me on Twitter at Matt Spectro. Follow me while you're there. You can find me on Facebook, Matt Spectro through the multiverse. Give me a follow and give us your comments of what you think about the history of Batman, the animated television shows throughout the years. I want to thank everyone who's joined me in the past two years. Thank all my guests. Can't say enough for anybody who's ever listened, shared, liked, uh, gave me a review. I appreciate it. Special announcement. I'm going to be doing a little care package giveaway. As a little thank you to all my listeners to get yourself entered, uh, if you could uh, retweet the tweet about this episode or share it on Facebook and your name goes in a hat and next episode I'm going to be drawing the winner, winning the little care package. Just a little thank you to all my fans. And hopefully you'll stick around for another year. Who knows what the future holds. Wait, switch things up a little bit. Bend the rules here and there. Have some fun. If you have any suggestions, want to be on the show, hit me up. Thanks for two years, everyone. Jamie, thanks for uh, sitting down with us, and thanks for joining us. Thanks for being my most popular guest of all time. My pleasure. Oh, and we had a thing. You wanted to make an announcement about your next appearance on the show? Well, we talked about a lot of things. Now we've talked about we definitely want to do uh, what if uh, for three, third year anniversary. <laughs> we're going to do what if. We had a, we discussed well, a, a I'm going to be back before Christmas, but I definitely want to schedule uh, that we do another Christmas episode with, as you said, was it the um, New Adventures of Batman? Yeah, Holiday Nights. Holiday Night. So we're going to do that one around Christmas time, so we have that to look forward to. Maybe we'll do something different and not do Batman, have you come back and we'll try something completely different. Well, you, you took Godzilla and Godzuki away from me, so I'm not <laughs> sure, but we'll find something. We'll find something, I'm sure. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, I look forward to year three. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Make sure, like I said, retweet or share on Facebook. Get a chance to win a little care package from Matt Spectro. Until next week, everybody, enjoy your summer. Thanks for joining us. Let's hit three years, everyone. Excelsior!